McNulty stunning for anyone to get up off Cargill and find Bennett. It's into the box. McNulty cut back for Roberts. It's Gary Roberts no, for Bobby. are leading in the fourth round of the FA Cup. Mark McNulty, but a good chance by Doyle. For McNulty on the edge. Mark McNulty oh, short yes. for Bobby. Smashes it past McCormack. Won by Doyle. Finished by the returning Mark McNulty. First left blood for Bobby. They're in dreamland early here at Bratton. There's a through ball to Jamal Lowe. Jamal Lowe's onside. The flag stayed down. Jamal Lowe, nonchalant, fantastic, brilliant. Pompey will be promoted at this rate. That is it. Pompey are champions. They won League Two in the most dramatic of circumstances. The PO4 podcast with Hugh Bunce and Matt Corrick. Proud to be Pompey. fans and welcome to PO Forecast episode 28. Well, Matt's not here today because he's carrying on his tour of theme parks and he's currently at Diggerland, apparently. Don't ask. So today what we've done is we've got Barry Clement to come on. Now, if you don't know who Barry is, he was the host of the Pompey podcast and we've been talking about doing an episode together for, well, quite a long time, but we've finally done it together. Um, if you haven't heard his stuff before, go on to the onto Apple Podcasts get my words out, and search Pompey Podcast. He's interviewed the likes of Sol Campbell on there, talking about the dispute he had with Pompey fans, Mark Catlin. Um, he's interviewed like Ben Close. So yeah, go and give it a listen if you haven't heard it already. But what we're going to do is do part one and part two together, um, and then I'm going to preview the Shrewsbury game at the end of it. So hope you guys enjoy, and yeah, listen up. Cheers for joining us, Barry, on the show. No, thank you for having me, Hugh. Delighted to be here. No, awesome. So, um, Barry, you've you've, um, you've interviewed some really good people before on the Pompey podcast. I was, I was a massive fan. Um, the likes of Ben Close, I remember. Um, Mark Catalan, is that right? Sol Campbell. Yeah, yeah. Had quite a few few big names on there. A few ex players, few current players. It was um, no, it was really really good, and it's it's great to be chatting Pompey again um on uh, on this podcast now which is which is great obviously i had to hang up my uh, my microphone if you like so it's just good to be good to be back talking about pompey well mate it's awesome to have you since we started the podcast we've been saying like getting on the show so we finally done it we finally pulled our fingers out and actually managed it we got there in the end <laughs> that's right so in part one we're going to be uh reviewing the scunthorpe game and then in part two, we're going to go and do Matt's debate, even though he's not here, um, and answer some of your list of questions, etc. And then in part three, we're going to preview the great game against Shrewsbury. Big game, that. Big game. Big, big game coming up. So, yeah, we'll do that in part three. But part one, Scumfort. It was a great win, wasn't it, Barry? Um, and it was one of those things that it need, It was needed. And would you say it was a, it was a total win? I'd, I'd say it was uh, it, it was one of those games for me. It was it was like a routine win. You know, it's not something I think we'll be remembering in two or three years' time. But it was it was crucial to the season, and I thought it was a very professional performance overall from us. I mean, it was very professional, wasn't it? I think that's a good way of saying it. What's quite interesting is are you into are you into advanced stats at all? Um, expected goals, etc. Uh, I've I have seen the table. It's not something that I uh, I follow heavily but i have seen the uh, i have seen the expected points and advanced goals yeah. and what have you well just just have a look at the expected goals because if you look at them um, in the game against scumthorpe ports have had 2.4 goals uh, where scumthorpe only had a 0.1 and the line of, the, of you know from them is right flat all the way along the bottom um, mm-hmm. and it just shows that even though it was one of those games that from a from a neutral point of view watching you know it was patient wasn't it but 
it sort of looked like a dominant performance statistically. Yeah, it was it was nice to see. I mean, Pompey historically have always struggled with teams that come in and and you know just solidly defend and park the bus, if you like. Historically, we've struggled to break those sorts of teams down. So it was nice to see that patient build up. Um, you know, choosing where we were going quite carefully and actually breaking a side like that down because, you know, even when you go back to Paul Cook's era and when we were winning the league, we really struggled with teams that just came and sat behind the ball. So it was really good to see us actually take initiative and and, and have that type of performance against that type of opposition. No, I I completely agree. And I think that it's got to the stage as well when you're lacking a bit of confidence. And I think even the fans to a certain level were, you know, thinking, "Will, will the goal come? Do you think that the addition of, of Bogle back into the side is is really given a little bit of spark and that sort of finishing touch that was needed? Or yeah, I, th- I think he just offers something a bit different. You know, I'm I'm I must admit I'm a huge fan of, of Ollie Hawkins and Brett Pittman. I think they're both phenomenal footballers, but I think. Bogle is just that different type of player that, do you know what, sometimes he can just change a game. Um, I don't think he's, I don't think he works as hard as, you know, someone like Hawkins, but I do think no, I he's a very, very effective player to have in that, in that 11, because, you know, you're quite right. He does change that game and he gives us another option that actually, I don't think Hawkins would have scored the goal that, that Bogle did. And equally, I don't think Pittman would have. So it, it does give you something that just a little bit different, which I think we need at times. No, completely. And move, moving on to Pittman, that's actually a fantastic segue there, mate. You can tell you've done podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> I was, um, I went on the, the Express FM with Jake on Friday, and we, we were talking about um, Pittman and whether he was, he was sort of, um, I don't know, is this new number 10 position giving him a new lease of life? Because listeners will know, listen to this podcast, that um, I've been quite critical of him playing as a number nine. I don't think he's mm. he's not stretched defenders. He's not been able to hold the ball up well. Um, and he's not got an opportunity, chances to score. But he looks like a different player, doesn't he, in number 10? He really does. I mean, I, I've been calling out for it. You know, if, if anyone listened to my podcast in the past, um, I, I was calling out for it even last season because, you know, he, he is he is a top goal scorer. But in that number 10 role, he, he you're completely right. It's just a totally different player. He, he looks like he's got so much more confidence. And I think he does more damage in that role. Yeah, you know, he's, he's a very experienced player. He knows how to break teams down. Um, but I think he struggles at, up there in that number nine role. So having him as that number 10 and dropping off, it just gives him more opportunity to get on the ball and actually cause some problems. It was nice seeing, wasn't it? Come and collect the ball a bit as well. Exactly. Like yeah, he, was, he, he sort of dropped in and he collected the ball. I almost thought it sort of stopped us playing such long ball football the whole time. Definitely. And, you know, you when when Bogle's on the pitch, you can't afford to play long ball like that. So to have someone like Pittman show for it and, he he can cause problems at, in that back four, dropping deep to to show for the ball and receive it. So, you know, to have him coming on and doing that, and it, it, a player that's been out for as long as he has, um, to come in with the confidence that he had as well, I thought was was a huge bonus because it, it would have been very easy for him to just go, do you know what? I'm not fussed um, and and not seize the opportunities we've seen so many in the past do. It was nice to see him actually come on with a bit of determination and think, yeah, I need to get involved because I want to. I want to stay in this side. Yeah, I mean, that, that's totally right, isn't it? And I think before, maybe I was even questioning his sort of attitude to want to be in this team and, you know, um, that drive to want to, you know, break in. And he looked almost a little bit more, a bit more sulky. Um, but it's great to see him come back in with such, you know, with such determination to want to be on the ball and, and really dictating play. And I think when sometimes we're looking for that long ball forward or, you know, and I'm a big fan of Ollie Hawkins, don't get me wrong, mm. but... Um, 
Brett sort of demands the ball, doesn't he, to his feet? And I think the players sort of listen to that, even without, you know, depending what the tactics are, really. Yeah, I mean, you, you can see he's got the respect of that dressing room. Um, he is experienced pro. He is the captain of the squad. And, and you can see that the likes of Ben Close and Naylor, they do respect they do respect Pittman. So, you know, if, if he's showing for the ball and calling for it, you're going to give it to him straight away. And it, it's just great to see that the hunger and desire from him to want to play that role. Um, it, it, it gave me the impression that he doesn't care where he plays. He just wants to be playing. Um, and, and it was yeah. great to see him come in with that hunger because I think that's something that we have lacked over the last month or two is, is that hunger and desire. I think realistically, you can only say that Ronan Curtis in that month that we were, yeah. that we were poor was the only person that you thought, yeah, do you know what? He, he really gave it everything. Everyone else just seemed a bit, a bit fatigued, a bit lackluster. Um, like it was getting on top of them a bit. Whereas Curtis was the only one that, that had that passion. And I think Pittman actually did show that for, Probably the first time in a long time. Yeah, and do you remember, I think you were spot on about Curtis. I think when he scored that header against Charlton, he sort of did that celebration and told him to like fucking switch on, didn't he? Exactly that, exactly yeah. that. Um, so no, I think it's true. But I think that that sort of um, motivation is sort of almost infectious. If you look at the sort of Omar Bogle and Jamal Lowe and how well they link up together... They both looked absolutely hungry for goals, didn't they, in the Scunthorpe game? It wasn't just a, a case of they, they both got a goal, but it could have been so many more, couldn't it? It really could. And, you know, if you see if you see someone like Pittman, who has been out the side, you start firing and start being hungry again, then it, it, it's going to lift you up. You know, they're all competitive people. They're all professional athletes. So, you know, the the seeing someone take that extra gear, you're going to do the same yourself. And and I think Bogle and Lowe link up very very well anyway. Um, and yeah, they they were fantastic against Scunthorpe for me. I thought they both put in stellar performances against the side that, as we mentioned earlier, were just keen on getting away with a point. I think they would have been more than happy yeah. with a nil nil and just sitting in as much as possible. And and again, historically, it's something that Lowe struggled with. You know, he struggles to know how to how to break those teams down. He's he's phenomenal when he's got space to run in, but when he hasn't, he he, he does seem to be lacking ideas. So it was great to see him do things that he, he maybe wouldn't normally do in a game like that. Do you think it's because Bogle almost drifts sometimes wide, doesn't he? And, and looks for the ball. And I think that also allows Jamal Lowe to sort of, to come inside and, and drift inside as well and sort of almost interchange places with him. It does. Bogle stretches the defence very well, um, which again, it's something we've not had for a little while. Um, and, it, and it does give the opportunity to players like Lowe, um, obviously I know Curtis is injured, but it does give those players the chance to come inside, get a little bit of space that they wouldn't normally have, come up against the defender that hasn't been marking them all game um, and drift into those spaces that weren't originally there if you had a, if you had a striker that wasn't mobile. So it, it was fantastic to see. It really, really was. Yeah. I mean, also, I'd like to say that I was considering before the game and I don't know what you thought, but... I, I was quite keen on the on the four three three formation that we played. Well, sorry, the four three three formation we played against Barnsley. Mm. I, I, I was really sold on that formation. Um, I felt like we needed to get an extra player in the middle on the ball. Um, when we play diff, more difficult teams coming up, do you think that's something that we should we should revert to, or, or are you happy to stick with what we've got now? I think um, I, I really think it depends on on the opposition. You know, I think it, it works very well against Barnsley. I thought we were unlucky to only come away with a point in that game, um, but I think it, it massively depends on the players you've got available at the time. And I think the the formation and the the style of play we we deployed against Scunthorpe 
I'd be very keen to see that again on on Saturday at, at Shrewsbury because, you know, it worked against a team that let's be honest, they're what a point behind um, Shrewsbury, um, yeah. and I think it'll be a very so very tight. similar game um, on on Saturday. Albeit, I think Shrewsbury will come out a little bit more, obviously with the owners being on them at home. Um, I'd, I'd be very I'd be very happy if we played the same same formation the same way coming at the weekend because it, it worked against a very similar opposition. Um, and I, I don't think you need to change it unless there's any injuries or anything like that. I'd, I'd keep the same eleven and I'd keep it exactly the same. Yeah, no. So I think I think I would as well. And if you look at the fact we had fifty nine percent of the ball in possession, um, and also the fact that our we were playing more statistically more short passes and more build up play than we were before. So if you look at us, I know that um, the news released an article where Portsmouth in the whole of the League One. We rank second in the amount of long balls that are played. Mm. So sixty-two point six eight per ninety minutes. For someone who hasn't hasn't read the article, I, I do think we look like we're playing a much more of a, a varied style uh, in the last couple of games. Do you think that's fair to say? I do. Yeah, I really do. And I think I think a lot of that is to do with the fact that actually Hawkins hasn't been in the team as often. Um, you know, I, th- I think when you go back to even you know two thousand eight, two thousand nine, when we signed Peter Crouch. We did the same thing even then. You know, you get someone that's over six foot four, six foot five, and your instinct is just to lump the ball up to him. Um, and we, we, we've done it whenever we've had a, a big striker, if you like. So yeah. when you get someone like Pittman or, or Bogle playing up top, you are more inclined to play it on the deck because you're, you're not going to score if you if you keep lumping the ball forward. And, you know, I, th- I think it is nice to see. I think we were a little bit spoiled with Paul Cook and his style of football. So, it, you know, it has been a bit of a culture change. But... In the same respect, we're not Southampton. We, if, if we're winning games, I'm happy. You know, I'm, yeah, sure. I'm not. I'm not one that believes in this Claude Puel. You know, we're we're hitting long balls. If you're winning games, it doesn't matter, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but it did get to the stage where we weren't winning games anymore. So something had to change, and I'm I'm delighted that it has. No, I'm, I think so too. If you look at the the uh, the opposition, we'll come on to later because Shrewsbury, in some ways, do play a bit of a different a different style of football. So it'll be mm. interesting. It'll be interesting to see if there are a team who are quite hard to break down, whether we can actually play the same way as um, against Scunthorpe, who actually are a little bit easier um, to break down generally. But to go back to the game, I think that um, Jamal Lowe needs a bit of a round of applause, Jamal. Because definitely, that was yeah, an absolutely, definitely. absolutely fabulous goal, wasn't it, from Jamal Lowe? Um, do you want to talk us through it from your from your perspective? Yeah, I mean, it's it is a phenomenal goal. Um, you know, to I think he's he sold that defender the dream um, as he's as he's drifted like past that. him. I'm going to steal he, that. You know, he, he, yeah, copyright <laughs> Barry Clements. But oh he, no, he, <laughs> he, um, he he did. You know, he's. He, I think everyone thought he was going to shoot that first time, but. It is a, it is a it's a goal that you would expect of Jamal Lowe. I think it, you know he's it's goals similar to what he scored in the past, um, but yeah, knowing what he's going to do and defending against what he's going to do are two very different things. And it, it was a, a very well taken goal. You, you, you know you've got to take your half term, especially after obviously the trauma he had away uh, losing a glove and getting stolen like that. I think it's a, 
I think it's a credit to him. Absolutely was traumatic, wasn't it? Did you, did you, did you see him in the interview afterwards? When I he did, sort of, yeah. They asked him whether he got it back and stuff, didn't they? And he looked so relieved. He sort of had that face on him. He was like, I saw right, I got it back. You know, one of the Warsaw fans is kind enough to hand it back to me. And he looked really, he looked really happy. I mean, I've done an interview with him and he's a really top lad, Jamalo. Um, oh, he is. And, and I have to say, I'm, I'm such a huge fan of our media team as well. I think the work that they do um is 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 brilliant you know the focus they put on these things and it, no, it does make it more interesting yeah nice one lads at pompey media if you're listening um yeah no so i think overall it was a it was a, a strong defensive display i'd say didn't have to do much defending but it has we've looked panicked haven't we and i don't think we looked as panicked in this game near the end no i think i think burgess had a couple of wobbles um you know there were there were a couple of passbacks that are a little bit shorter than you'd want um, but I do think that's because you know he's he's not been playing regularly uh, up until Jack Watmore's injury. So I think you can expect that to an extent. Um, and I'm just trying to keep as, it interesting, Barry. Yeah, well, fair play to him for doing so. You know, he's, yeah, he's a very yeah. intelligent man. He, he understands what <laughs> the entertainment fans, we're all after. That's it. Pompey fans can't get off so lightly, you know. Burgess so, <laughs> is doing us a favour, really. Yeah, fair play to him for for doing it, but I'd much rather he didn't. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, he, he certainly knows how to entertain a crowd. But yeah, no, I think give him give him a couple of weeks and he'll be back to back to his absolute best. I think it was just a couple of rusty wobbles as opposed to anything else. Um, yeah. I I do think they're they're a phenomenal defensive pairing, and how we've still got Matt Clark at this club uh, is is beyond me. Well, let's get promoted and keep him. Yeah, that's, that's what we need. Which is a bit of a spoiler because we're, we're about to go into part two, and in part two we'll have a question on whether we will be able to keep Matt Clark in a sort of roundabout way. So that's the end of part one. Uh, I'm going to play some cool little jingle. Um, I'll press the stop record button for you just to know Barry, and I'm going to start it again because yeah, it, no make, it makes my life editing it a little bit easier. So we'll be back in a second. Welcome back to part two of the PO forecast. And Barry, do you know what time it is? What time is it, Hugh? It's time for Matt's debate. Although he's not here, so I'm not going to play the jingle for it. So I might just make everyone else a new jingle from now on, I reckon, until Matt comes back. I think that was a good idea because that that was smooth. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put some reverb on it or something, or you know, when I jazz it out later on. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, let's go for it. So, this week, Pompey fans, we're discussing Pompey are now four points behind Barnsley for second place. How many more points, sorry, how many points will Pompey end up with and whereabouts in the table? Now, I've gone through it. So, let's go through the different games and see how many you think we can get, Barry. So, Shrewsbury this weekend, you might as well predict it. What do you think? You've got to go for a Pompey win on that, haven't you? I mean, I know Shrewsbury are coming off a a great late win. recently in their last game but yeah you've, you've got to go Pompey in that that sort of level of opposition haven't you you do don't you so away so we, we can chalk that that one down as as a win um and then Wickham away um, I'm actually going to this game corporate oh darling yeah <laughs> la da hey Oh, prawn um, sandwiches and lemonade. That's it mate I, I, basically this is, so, this is quite a funny story um I've I've for this job I've got, I've got a supplier who makes chairs, right? And um, okay. I do like interiors basically, and they have a box at Wickham. So oh, every, really? every yeah, so every season I bug them at the start of the year saying, 
free tickets any chance? <laughs> <laughs> done well. Which yeah, 100% so, got to be done. I'll be there. So I'm thinking, do you know what? I've seen us play Wickham a few times. They are a tough team. They do try and kick the shit out of you a little bit. But I think if we're on good form, we should get a win there as well. Yeah, I think a lot of it's going to be down to how we play in the checker trade as well. Um, I think, you know, they'll, they'll be the first game after it. I think That's if, a good point. If, we've, if, we've come off, if we've come off a really uplifting win, then yeah, I think it'll be difficult to to get their confidence down, and I think we'd I think we'd roll them over. But if it's if it's a if it's a poor result up at Wembley, then I think it could could have a negative effect. I mean, we've seen recently how checker trade results affect our league form. So yeah, I do think it could it could play a part. Um, that's a that's a really good point. I actually hadn't really considered that in my thinking. I suppose since I had to think of a, a win loss or draw scenario. Mm. Uh, I mean, maybe I should have. What I should have done is gone with if Pompey win the Checker Trade Trophy. Here's how I think results will go. <laughs> <laughs> if we if we miss out, then here's how results will go. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do genuinely think it will only actually affect. I do think it will have an impact on the Wickham game. I don't think it'll have more of an impact than that. But personally, I can see us. I could see us getting a point up at Wickham. I don't know if I can see us getting all three. Um, I do think, you know, historically, they, you've said it yourself, they'd love to keep the shit out of you. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if, if we dropped two points there. Uh, it's one of those places, isn't it, that if you want to win the league or come, or come second, you've got, to, you've got to try and win. But I completely understand. So what we'll do is I'm writing this down as we go along. So you've gone with, you've gone with the draw. Rochdale at home, that, that one has to be a win, doesn't it, Barry? It's got to be a win. And nothing, nothing else but a win is acceptable there for me. If Rochdale managed to hold us to a nil-nil draw, I'm going to be absolutely fuming. I, I, I don't think I'll be able to come back to Frat Park. <laughs> That's it. I'll start doing like a, a podcast about cycling or something. <laughs> yeah, we'll have a nice chat about the Tour de France. That's it. That's what we'll go with. So Rochdale, don't let us down because you shut this whole thing down. Burton Albion away, that is a tough place. I've got that one down as a draw, mate. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Burton are, Burton are not an easy team to to get past, especially when they're at home. Um, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I totally agree with the draw there. I mean, Burton are also tough at home, but they've also really caught fire, haven't they, as the season's gone on? And I think they're one of those teams that are a bit more safe than they were, aren't they? Mid up and mid table from from memory. Yeah, I think they're tenth uh, or eleventh. Um, yeah. Just uh, just ahead of Plymouth, um, I know how how tight the bottom half of the table is, but I think I think they've done enough. Um, I think I think they're going to be absolutely fine, um, yeah, so and I think they'll finish pretty much where they are. Yeah, they're they're eleventh at the moment with fifty points, so they're actually five points um, behind Peterborough, um, and also five points ahead of Plymouth. So they're in that sort of just about upper side of the table, I'd say. Not yeah, I mean they're, they're at that average. level where you they're at that level where you could start to talk about them sneaking into that last playoff spot, but I think that's probably a step too far for them. Um, but yeah, I, th- I, th- I think they've done enough to be safe. And, and again, I think we'll be I think we'll struggle to 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 win at that level because their form does seem to be good going into it as well. Yeah, so they've got two wins and a draw in the last five. Not too bad. Not too bad. Um, okay, let's go into it. So we both agree that that could be a draw. Coventry at home. Coventry at home. Well, we, historically, we're not great on Sky, but we seem to be doing okay on that this season. Um, I, th- I think that's... Like the, the Charlton game, yeah? Yeah, well, let's not talk about that. Um, 
Yeah, I, th- I think I think we I think we've got enough to get past Coventry at home. I think I think Coventry will score, and I think it'll be Connor Chaplin because of course it will. Uh, um, but I think fit? we've got is enough to get fit? past. I think he'll be fit in time for that. I think I, I seem to remember he's out um, for a couple of weeks, but I don't think I don't think he's out for that long. I think he'll be back. Um, knowing our luck, he'll definitely be back, and he will come on and score. To be honest, it'd be good to see him back at Anfram Park anyway and hope he gets a really good reception, which I'm sure he will do from the fans. Yeah, I'd be surprised if he didn't. You know, he, he didn't he didn't do anything wrong, did he? He just wasn't just didn't get the team. Yeah, mm. precisely. So I, I expect him to get yeah, a, a good a good reception. And then we look at Sunderland here away. What a big game that's gonna be. Huge game. Yeah. I mean it, it that will really define whether we're whether we're in the race for automatics or not. Um, and you know, if if you're going to pin, if you're going to look at a game to decide it, it will be that. Um, personally, I'm, at the stadium, I like I can't, I can't see us winning it. I really can't see us winning it. Okay, so I've got it down as a win. Because, Fair, I, um, I I can see that. Um, the reason why is because I just think we, I think actually we match up fairly well against Sunderland. They're a team we don't create that many shots. They don't really try and dominate dominate or dominate possession. They do try and take the small amount of chances they do have very well. But I, I feel that they're a team, unlike someone like I don't know, Charlton or Luton, who want to be on the ball the whole time and stretch it. Sunderland don't really play in that sort of dynamic manner. Um, and I think that we could take advantage of that. Yes, I, I definitely see your point on that. I think, um, you know... I was very surprised. I look at the two home games, for example, between Luton and, and Sunderland. And when, when we left Luton with a win, I, was, I thought, they're, they're going to run away with this. We're lucky to have got anything out of that game, yeah. let alone three points. Whereas with Sunderland, I was surprised that they were as high as they were, given the quality of, of the game. But I don't know. I just think, you know, three games for the end of the season, it's a big old crowd, I think. I, I think they're going to beat us in all honesty in that yeah. game, and I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be necessarily mad at that as long as we put up a good fight. But yeah, I just think they're going to. I think they'll have just a little bit too much for us at that stage of the season on that pitch in that uh, in that atmosphere. And going back going back to what you said earlier on, do you think that the final of the Checker Chain Trophy result will have an impact on the Sunderland game later in the league? Do you know I don't. I really don't. I don't think it will have an impact on it. I think. I think both teams will have put it not out of their mind, but I think it will. I don't think it'll have anywhere near as much of an impact as it will on the Wickham game, um, because I think it's totally different circumstances, and you're in a di- you're in a different a different type of game and a different type of atmosphere. I think I don't think it will have anywhere near as much of an impact as as it may have done if if it was closer to it. Okay, I think I think you're probably right in that sense, and we could see that as a possibly a, a uh, pre-playoff matchup. If that's how mm. it goes, yeah, so, very true. So we get down to the loss. So Peterborough at home. Peterborough at home under the lights. That'll be as well, wouldn't it? Um, yeah. I think. Yeah, I think we've got enough to get past Peterborough. Um, I think they're a good side. I don't think they're a phenomenal side. Um, and yeah, at Fratton Park under the lights, I, I can see us beating them relatively comfortably as well. I don't think they. I don't think that's going to be a. A really tight game. I could see that being a two or three yeah. nil. To be completely honest, no, I agree. I mean, I think my dream time in the playoffs would be to play Peterborough. They can sneak in. Uh, definitely, I, I think yeah, we definitely. match up match up best against them as a team. I don't really want to play Doncaster. Um, no, I don't really want to play Charlton at the moment. No, I'd agree with that as well. They're, they're Charlton. I think are just too much for us at the moment. I definitely don't want to play them. 
Sean, I can't see us dropping down and Sunderland um, to play Sunderland in the playoffs either, or potentially Barnsley. So let's let's get above Sunderland and let's play Peterborough, please. Sounds good to me. Yeah, I'm keen <laughs> yeah. on that. <laughs> You're on board with that as well. Nice one. Or maybe Coventry, if they can fire everyone out. Because I mean, ideally, dream. let's get above Sunderland and Barnsley and not play anyone. That'd be the that'd be the dream. <laughs> that would be the absolute dream, wouldn't it? And what I'm going to do is I'm going to tally these up in a minute, and we'll see where we think we're going to be. Um, Accrington, Accrington, has Stanley, the last game of the season, the promotion party. Well, exactly that. We're all going to storm the pitch at the end of it after another six-one <laughs> yeah. win, aren't we? Surely. Yeah, we'll go for a beer and uh, discuss who we're going to sign in for the championship. Oh, perfect! Sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm there already. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. Uh, I'll be it's as be easy as that, isn't it? Yeah, it should be, shouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> we're getting and we'll get a Kenny Jacket statue outside the front because everyone will be so happy with him. Oh, can you imagine? I'm <laughs> just, I'm just imagining going on the Pompey fans Facebook group <laughs> afterwards. Uh, yeah, as, as, as the Eisens <laughs> unveil that statue. My yeah. God, I think it'd be, it'd be great, wouldn't it? Yeah, <laughs> and just have it engraved with long ball, and just just see them explode, <laughs> or just just Kenny Jacket looking up into the sun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, perfect! Yeah, love it. Oh, okay, so should we chalk Aki down as a win? I think so. Yeah, I I do think again they'll they'll be in a position for me. I think they I think they'll stay up, um, and I think by that stage of the season, I. Personally, don't think they'll have anything to play for. Um, so I think they'll come down as a as a very relaxed game, and I think we'll we'll have too much for them. Okay, so I've just tallied it up. I should have tallied up what my one was before, since I actually knew what it was. Um, you're predicting we get 17 more points um, from possible eight games, or so I'm saying three, six, nine, twelve, fifteen, eighteen. I've gone for 20 points. Fair. So, you, so yeah, it's out of a possible what? Twenty-four. Yeah, out of twenty-four. Okay, I don't think I don't think either of those are unrealistic. I think, um, yeah, I think it it, it it is certainly achievable. Um, we just need to be at our best as as often as possible. Um, Do you think that's going to be enough to get promoted? Is in the top two? I don't think it's enough for automatics. No, uh, certainly, certainly, I don't think mine is. Um, I think that loss at Sunderland will be will be the key factor in mine. Um, I, I do think that, you know, Luton, uh, I think are going to win the league regardless. Um, and I do think Barnsley or Sunderland have enough to be able to get over the line. I think Barnsley, you know, with their injury problems and their current form may dip out, but I think one of those two will, will nick that second spot. Yeah. I'm sneaking in. No, I, I think so. But I think, I don't know. I, I, I Barnsley, as I said to people who listen to the podcast, they'll know that um, I'm flooded in an office of Barnsley fans, even though I work in Wimbledon. And um, they've just had, I mean, they've got Kai for more out for the rest of the season. Yeah. Mm. And then they've recently just lost a midfielder with a broken leg, who's apparently particularly influential. They're fretting, they're sweating, and their fans think that, you know, especially Sunderland behind them can, can really catch them. They really can, yeah. There's, there's no question about that in my mind. I think you know, you've only got to look at their nil-nil with Donny on on the Friday night. Then they're, they're mm-hmm. not, they're not the best side we've we've ever faced in this division. Um, I, I could see them slipping into the playoffs and Sunderland taking their place. I think the game in hand that Sunderland have got will, will play a huge part. 
Um, and I think it'll be tight, but I can see Barnsley dropping a few. But there's always one that, that drops out, um, and, and I do think it'll be Barnsley. So let's just hope someone like Coventry absolutely rifle Barnsley and, and Sunderland because they've got to play both of those teams. Um, and then we'll see where it goes from there. Just quickly. And um, then roll over for us. <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. Isn't it kind of Chaplin scoring an own goal? But, or seven. I, you know, I'll take that too. Yeah, that's great. It was seven goals in one game. <laughs> Definitely trying to add to his uh, goal total he got when he was here then. So, exactly, uh, and prop our goal difference up. would be great. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Barnsley are doing quite well goal difference-wise as well. So, uh, Greg, who a uh, friend of the show, um, also global director of the podcast, put the question out there um, to you guys about predictions of points in the last eight games. Um, he said he was going to get 18 out of 24, and he thought we'd finish second from that. So, obviously, Greg thinks that they're going to slip up a little bit. Um, he feels that Bogle and Pittman linking up and the new style of football will be instrumental to that. Yeah, I don't disagree with him. I think um, you know it's 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 from, it's a style we wouldn't have played when we played the majority of these teams in the first half of the season, and it it, it will be a different will be a different game completely. Um, yeah, I mean, John uh, John Tucker of uh, Chiefs of Michigan. John, he said, I've just finished looking at the fixtures, and I was down for eighty eight points, and Barnsley down for eighty seven points. With a draw at Sunderland, a defeat at Burton, Coventry, Accrington, Burton all have promotion teams' futures in their hands. So there'll be interesting teams to look out for, Coventry, Ackley and Burton. So there's a bit of positivity out there now, isn't there? After what was, I'd say, quite a spell of negativity, even calls for the manager to go in some parts of the podcast, well, not this podcast, but some parts of um, Twitter online. Yeah, I mean, you know, we we had a woeful start to the year. Um, it, it, it was it was very very poor. But and you know, Pompey fans, we, we do have a habit of of getting carried away one way or the other. But you know, it, it's nice to see a bit more positivity around the place again. And I think the change in the change in formation and tactic has has played a huge part in that um, because they, they you know they can they can see a style of football that they're that they're more accustomed to and, and, and enjoy more. You know, we, we can't deny it. It's a much more entertaining way of playing. Indeed. Right. Well, I think, I think that's what obviously we're covering part two, isn't it? I think that's pretty much it, mate. Yeah, I think so. Barry, I know you've got to shoot off. So it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. I've, I've only run over three minutes longer than I said I would. Hey, that's not bad at all. I'm happy with that. <laughs> not bad at all. So thanks again, mate. And we'll have to have you back on the show again. Is there anything you're doing you want to plug or anything you want to say to people out there? No, not plugging anything at the moment. Um, just that, you know, I'm very much looking forward to having a beer with as many of you as possible at Wembley. Um, but no, I really appreciate you having me on and I'd love to be back on any time you like. Yeah, I'll definitely hit you up, Barry. Cheers again, mate. Sounds good. Thanks, Hugh. Take care. Thanks, Barry. Cheers. Bye. Welcome back to part three of the PO forecast and thanks again Barry for being on the show I really appreciate it and I hope you guys enjoyed having him on so let's have a look let's turn our focus um, towards the Shrewsbury game so Shrewsbury are a very very good defensive team just put that out there first um, their record may not show it but they've won 10 drawn 13 lost 15 um, when you look at the table I think anyone from Plymouth in 12th down to the bottom it can actually go down. It's very odd this season in that sense. I think Burton Albion above them, as you mentioned earlier on, in 11th, they're probably safe. But Shrewsbury coming in 18th in the league. 
but they are very, very difficult team to score against. They um, only, I think they're seventh. Yeah, they're, they're the seventh um, in expected goals against. So basically, I think it's only Ars, Luton, and Barnsley, etc., and some of the top teams are ahead of them, which is you know quite shocking with how far they are down the league. Um, out of those Plymouth down, so from 12th down to the bottom, only Accrington and Bristol have actually conceded less goals than Shrewsbury. So they're pretty they're pretty decent overall. Um, let's have a look at their last six games. They won at home to Wickham 2-1. They lost away to Plymouth 2-1. They lost away to Rochdale, you guessed it, 2-1. Then they're disappointing draw at home to Wimbledon. But then it gets a bit interesting as well. They beat Donny 2-1 at home and they won 2-1 away at Peterborough. So you can see by those results how they are quite quite a tough team to play against. But they've got their turmoil as well. It's not been plain sailing for the Shrews at all. And their manager, Sam, um, Sam Ricketts, um, he said that he called them a Jacqueline and Hyde team. And they went on that sort of cup run where they knocked out Stoke in the third round of the FA Cup and they forced Wolves to go to a replay and they ended up losing that 3-2. But it was a pretty a pretty close game. And before that, they were actually winless in seven games in the league. So I think that's actually given them a bit of a kick to kickstart their campaign. However, their fans, after such a good season, um, obviously Craig McGilvery fired them up the league. Well, he wasn't really playing, but still, we'll go with that has meant that the fans have a bit of expectation, really, on how they should be doing. And I don't think that this season they've actually matched that expectation. So in their 2-1 win against Wickham the other day, or last week, the fans were really on their back when they went 1-0 down. They actually came back and won it 2-1. But Oliver Norburn, who is my player to watch, uh, he he's the captain, he came out and said the fans need to try and get behind them as they try and, you know, secure a safe spot in this division for next year. So it's one of those things that we need to get out there as, as a team and we need to get on them. We need to get the first goal because they are good defensively. They don't give up many high danger scoring chances. And if we can do that, I think we've got a great chance of winning. If the game trumbles on, we can't break them down. We're struggling. We get frustrated. We start playing too many long balls. We're going to struggle because they're a pretty compact team. So Norburn obviously scored the winner, as I said, the other day against Wickham. He's also scored 10 goals in all competitions now. That's eight in the league. Uh, interesting story came from Tramir Rovers. I think Sunderland were interested in buying him in the summer, but Shrewsbury obviously said he could probably guaranteed him some more football, I think. That's one of the reasons why he came over. But he, he's pretty dynamic and he's one of the one of the few players that you think that they've got, I think, that can really that can really create something against against us. So um okay, so Shrewsbury, how should we approach the game? Um I really think we should go in there unchanged at the moment. I don't think that we necessarily need to play a compact three midfield against Shrewsbury. I think what we can do though is have that extra that extra player in an attacking position. So we'll start Brett Pittman maybe in behind uh, Bogle. Let's keep it unchanged apart from, I, I assume Isgrove is going to come on um, and play the wing for uh, Solomon Etabar being injured. I suppose if not, maybe Gareth Evans could come in and they could shift the wings around. But obviously Jamal Lowe is playing well as well. I don't want him to, to miss out at all. And then let's just go again. Let's try and get some momentum going. 
Uh, as we discussed in part two, we need to get we needed to get this game as a win. So all guns blazing. I think Kenny Jacket will stick with the same team that he played uh, last week, barring any injuries. And I think that we should be able to get a decent result away at Shrewsbury. So we're going to do score prediction time because it's just me and there's only so much I can talk to you guys through the microphone um, without having anyone talk back to me or any other input. So I'm going to go with a 2-0 win to Pompey. I think we'll carry on the same as last week, same result. Uh, Shrewsbury don't score that many goals. So if we can get an early goal, they'll come out and try and press a little bit because they are scrapping for their lives. Um, and hopefully we can kill them off with a second goal. You know, the manager said every game is so important. The fans are on his back a little bit. And this will be the definition of a team really, really trying to save themselves and, and real play for their futures, including the manager. So, all right, probably fans, let's see if that goes through and let's see what happens. But until next time, play at Pompey. You have been listening to the PO Forecast for Pompey News Now. Available on SoundCloud, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Follow PO Forecast and Pompey News Now on Twitter for more information. And there is the full-time whistle.